Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Today's topic is a vital one. It's how to lead a person to Jesus Christ. And our guest today is Gary Gibbs. Gary, you're a, a coach and a, a pastor. You coach churches and you coach ministries. We're delighted to have you on Ministry in Motion. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Great program to be able to share all the topics that you guys share. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is a particularly important one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Just outline for us why it is so important, Gary. Well, we're talking about how to lead a person to Christ. Mm -hmm. And how to lead a person to Christ is, is, is probably the most important topic you can have in the whole Bible because the whole Bible is all about a revelation of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Exactly, yeah. So, so Jesus said in John 17, verse 3, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So He equates a knowledge of Jesus with eternal life. So God's whole plan is to bring sinful humans back in the right relationship with Him so that we can live eternally in God's presence where there's joy and peace and happiness and no more pain and sorrow. Yeah, a place worth living in. A place worth living. Uh, so, so that's what God's seeking to do, bring us back to Him. And so this, this program is about how do you introduce people to Jesus so they can know Him, love Him, serve Him, surrender their lives to Him. Right, okay. Well, you've outlined an, a very significant verse there in, in John chapter 17 and verse 3. Are there any other verses you'd like to refer to that just highlight the importance of leading a person to Christ? A really well-known within Christianity, a well-known verse is uh, John 14 verse 6 where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Mm. And Jesus, very, it, it would be an audacious statement for you to say that, for me to say that, or, you know, the Dalai Lama or, you know, whoever to say that. It would be blasphemy. Mm. But for Jesus to say that as the divine Son of God, as God Himself, it's not blasphemy. He's saying there's one way to eternal life, and that is through me. Right. through accepting me as your Savior and as your Lord. Let me, let me just throw a curveball at you, Gary. How, how does that verse have credibility? How is Jesus the only one who can make that, that promise? Well, we're sinful human beings. So, so God uh, creates the world. He creates the universe, creates this world, inhabits with creatures created in His own image. And we choose. He creates us with free will. We choose to rebel against that. Mm -hmm. and, and now sin spawns on this planet Earth as an extension of Lucifer's rebellion. And it's, it's set against the kingdom of God. Now God could start all over. God could wipe us clean, the slate clean. He could destroy us, start all over, and He could wipe everybody's memory clean too, so nobody knows this happened. But He loves us too much. God loves us and He's not going to do that. He created us. It's like having a child. A child has problems. You don't wipe the slate clean. Yeah. You know, you don't start over. You invest more into that child. And so God does that with us. So the credibility is the fact that no human being can save another human being for eternity because we're all sinners. And sin has a debt to pay. And the wages of sin is death, mm. the Bible says. So because sin was never intended to exist. Only God can pay that debt, and He does it by His own Son coming and dying in our behalf. 
It's an extraordinary concept, isn't it? It is. It's, and it's one that just personifies love, not only in the act of creation, but in that act of redemption or saving people and, and offering people eternal life. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, we talked a little before, and you had a, a verse there in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12 that you were going to refer to. What yes, Jesus said, he who has, well, John, John wrote, he who has the Son has life, and he who doesn't have the Son does not have life. So this, this being born again, this giving our hearts to God, really does something in our lives. It, it, God comes into our life, He comes into our heart, and He changes our life. It, it's a supernatural experience. Mm. Uh, and for some people, it's, it's drastic. It's, they can say, that's where it happened right there. For others, it's more gradual. But what happens is the life drastically changes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a convert to Christianity. Grew up in a Christian home, but then we didn't attend church, really. And then I was studying Buddhism. I, I went to some meetings that Seventh-day Adventist Church was sponsoring on Bible prophecy. But in that, I heard a message about Jesus, that Jesus loves me. Jesus has a plan for my life. And the, the evangelist who was speaking one evening said, if God's been speaking to your heart and you want to give your life to Him, raise your hand right now. And I remember Anthony, my sister was sitting right next to me who had been trying to convert me. And I did not want her to know that she won, that <laughs> here I was, you know, I'd given my life to Jesus. And I hadn't even thought about it before that moment. And I thought, I'm going to keep my hand down. And when I kept my hand down, a verse that I'd never read in my life that I know of popped in my head. And, it, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father and His angels mm -hmm. in heaven. If you deny me, I'll deny you. And, I, and right then I made my decision for Christ. I said, I don't want to be denied. I, I want to confess you. And I raised my hand to heaven. And that's where I gave my life to Jesus. And I can tell you something happened. It wasn't like fireworks or anything. But from that point on, I was committed to change. And God gave me the power to overcome things that I couldn't overcome before. God changed my life. That's a powerful story that you've just shared. Thanks, Gary. And it, it helps to lead into a very important point, And that is... You grew up in a Christian home and it would be easy to assume that you were a Christian, that you knew all about Christianity, that you had already accepted eternal life. Many parts of the world, there are a lot of Christians there. Some would call them nominal Christians. Can you make an assumption that most people have accepted Christ and eternal life? I don't think you can. I, I think the claims of Christ come personally to each one of us. And we may, we may think, well, I attend church, so everything's right between me and God. Or take the non-Christian, I'm a good person, I don't steal, I don't kill, you know, I don't do all these wicked things that I think would you know, disqualify me for something good in the afterlife. Uh, the, the claim of Christ is, have you surrendered your life to me? Have you fully given your life to me? And we cannot make any assumption that, that anybody has done that unless we ask them. So what, what does that surrender actually look like, Gary, when, when somebody has surrendered? It's very simple. It's, it's somebody who's saying, I give my life to God. I'm, I'm going to surrender my life to God. I'm sold out to Him. Whatever He says, I'm there. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to follow Him. I want Him to manage, control, and be Lord, God of my life. That's what that surrender is all about. Mm, okay. 
Well, we're very interested in exploring how to actually lead somebody through this whole process of making that surrender, mm -hmm. accepting Jesus Christ and enjoying that eternity that's being prepared for them. So we'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion where we explore this journey of how to lead somebody to Jesus. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion, where our topic today is a vitally important one, how to lead a person to Jesus Christ and accept eternal life, a very important part of ministry. And our guest today is Pastor Gary Gibbs. Gary Gibbs, of course, is a coach in ministry, a coach for churches. And uh, Gary, we're delighted that you're here. Thank you. Thanks. Now, let's just get to this important question. How do you lead a person to Jesus? And you lead them without manipulating them. How, how do we do that? You know, it's interesting you talk about manipulating. I guess some people could look at that and say it's manipulating. I'm, I'm leading my child to be a successful person in life and a positive contribution to society. I'm not manipulating my, my children. I'm leading them. Mm. And so if you're leading someone to something good, you're not manipulating them. And if you respect their ability to make a choice, uh, then you're not manipulating them. We're just giving them the information and showing them what we found. One person said leading someone to Christ is like one beggar talking to another beggar, telling him where all the food is. And that's what we, we found something great in Jesus. He changed my life. Why wouldn't I want to share that with someone else? So we're not talking about control. We're not talking about force no. or even badgering people. It's just offering people the choice. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'd like to start, you asked, how, how do you do this? Where do you start? Uh, I'd like to start with what we talked about in the last segment. You don't assume. So if I'm visiting with someone, and this is always in the context of a relationship. I don't just walk up to man on the street. Some might, I don't, and, and say, uh, you know, are you going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell? I don't do that. But I'll start with someone. If you and I are talking, I might turn to you and, and say, uh, Anthony, can I, you mind if I ask you a question? You know, we're talking about Christian topics here. And, and probably one of the most important questions to ever consider when you consider God and the Bible is this question I want to ask you. Do you mind if I ask you this question? If you don't, if you don't feel free in answering, you can, you can just say no after you hear the question. Can I ask you this question? Sure. So see, I'm giving you control here. So exactly. I'm not manipulating. Yeah. So then I'm going to say, well, you know, the Bible is all about God bringing us back into relationship with himself. He, he has great things for us. Let me ask you a question. Do, do you have the assurance of eternal life? And what I mean by that is, is if, if you were to die suddenly or Jesus were to come suddenly, do you have the assurance that you would spend eternity with him? So I'm asking people, where are you? Yeah. And, and, and some will say, Anthony, some will say yes. Some will say no. And then we take it from there. If they say yes, then I'll say, fantastic. Let me ask you another question. If, if you were to go up to the pearly white gates and maybe St. Peter's there, the angel, whoever's there says, Anthony, we've been waiting for you. We're glad you're here, but we got a question for you. By now, you're thinking everybody has questions exactly. for you. But anyway, he's, he says, uh, Anthony, why should we let you in? If you say, well, I've been a good person. I, you know, I tried, I tried to do things right. That's really not the right answer. So if I ask somebody that and I say, uh, what would you say? I would pause and let you answer. And if you say, uh, I've, been, I've tried to be a good person. I know you don't understand that the ticket into heaven 
is by God's grace and Jesus' shed blood, not by any good thing you've done. So really what you're doing there is a kind of diagnosis between the genuine assurance and a false assumption. Absolutely, right. Okay. Okay. So first, do you have assurance? Then I, then I test it with the being at the pearly white gates. Do you have, you know, I'm, I'm here because of God's saving grace or works oriented or somewhere I don't know. Uh, then I help lead a person. Then I, I might say to you, you know, that's a good answer. I'm glad you're trying to be a good person. That, that's so important. I'm sure God's pleased with that too. But can I share with you an answer that uh, uh, comes right out of the Bible? And you'll say, by all means. By all means, absolutely. So I would take you to Ephesians 2, verse 8, where the Bible says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And there I would share with you this whole concept that salvation is by God's grace, not of works, not anything you do of yourself. It's a lovely text, isn't it? It's just so clear. It's, it's precise and, and so liberating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then from, from there, if you said, uh, if I asked you if you had the assurance of salvation and, and you'd say, no, I don't. And I've had Christians and non-Christians tell me that. I would ask you, would you like to have that assurance? And if you say yes, then I'll say, Can I, may I share it with you, how to have that assurance? If you say yes, then I take the next step. So again, no manipulating. Everybody's making their own choice. And you can get off this conversation. I've had people say, no, I'm not ready for that. And the conversation stops yeah. right there. But if they say, yes, I, I'm interested. Then I go, th this is where I go. Let me share with you, Anthony, four universal truths that God has that uh, show us how to have that assurance of eternal salvation. The first one is found in John 3, 16, that famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That universal tr tr truth is God loves you and he created you with a purpose. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful picture. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, and, 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 but the other aspect here is John 10, 10. Jesus says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. God's purpose for your life, Anthony, is that you have an abundant, happy life, so abundant that it's even eternal. That's what God intends for you. But, but you look around and you say, why are we not experiencing that abundant life? If God loves me, and, and why is the world imperfect? Why am I not experiencing that abundant life? That brings us to the second universal truth. And that's found in Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm. So there we find that sin separates us from God. And God's design can't be fulfilled in our life because of sin, personal sin uh, in, in our lives. And then the last thing I'll share is Romans 5.8. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus breaks the power of sin in us. So, so God loves us. He has a plan for your life. Sin separates us from that plan, but God's done something. He's bridged that gulf that sin has made. And now Jesus dies for you so that you can have your sin debt paid and you can begin experiencing the abundant life. There's more. Of course. Yeah. But that will have to come after the break. You know, the, the picture you're painting there is a, a very willing and able God that mm -hmm. is, is wanting to do this for eternity rather than, 
offering eternity on a begrudging basis, it's a picture of a God who is eager to extend eternity. That's the picture the Bible gives us. That exactly. is the God who exactly. loves us, has a plan for every one of our lives. Every viewer watching this, God has a plan and He's paid the sin debt so we can experience that abundant life. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Gary. This whole journey of leading a person to Christ, when they do accept Christ, what happens after that to help them on that journey? That's what we're going to be exploring next with Gary Gibbs. Stay right with us here on Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Today's topic is how to lead a person to Jesus Christ. And our guest is Pastor Gary Gibbs. Gary, we're getting to that crucial stage in our conversation with a friend. And we need to ask probably the most significant mm -hmm. question. And what is that question? Well, we, we've said God loves you. He has a plan for your life. We've said sin separates you from God and that got plan. But Jesus has bridged the gulf. He's paid your sin debt. Well, that's all fine and good, but if I don't accept that and make it part of my life, I'm not going to experience God's plan. So that, that question is, that, is... That becomes the question. Yeah. Will you personally accept Jesus Christ? And here's how I like to do it. I like to use this resource called the Four Spiritual Laws. It's a little booklet put out by Campus Crusade for Christ, and you can link it on your website. Uh, but what it does at this point, it has all these texts there and some illustrations, is it gives you two diagrams. One is a, a circle with a, with a throne with self sitting on it. The cross is kind of off to the side. And then all the elements of your life are represented by these various dots that are different sizes. And they're in just complete disarray, like throwing ink up against a wall. And then there's this, and that's the self-directed life. Then there's this other one where the throne has Christ on the throne, self is at the foot of the throne, surrender to Christ, and all the elements of your life are in symmetrical proportion around the throne. And so what you do is you turn to a person, you say at that point, let me ask you a question, Anthony. Uh, you know, when it comes to your life, which one of these illustrations best illustrates your life currently? And you've explained what they are, as I just did. Yes. And if you're not submitted to Christ, you'll say, well, that one over there. Now, so I appreciate you being honest with me. Which, which one would you like to represent your life? And then you point to the one with Christ on it. Mm. And I'll say, fantastic, Anthony. You know, it's not a hard thing to do to ask Christ into your heart. And that's where you experience the abundant life when you give your life to Jesus Christ. And you'll have that assurance of eternal life. Would you like to know how to do that? And then you'll say, yes. yes. And so at, at that point, I would share with you a simple text. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I would explain that to you in this manner. I'd say, Anthony, it's very easy to accept Jesus in your life. You do it through prayer. You don't have to go to a man, a priest, or a guru. Jesus is, is close by. Uh, Romans 10, 10, you can read that. Uh, but we want to give our lives, you can give your life to Jesus right now and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want that abundant life that you created me for. Will you come into my heart? I want to surrender my life to you. Anthony, is that something you'd like to do right now? We can kneel together here in prayer and I can help you pray that prayer if you'd like to. 
Well, and I can imagine a lot of people have warmly accepted that, yes, Gary. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a humbling moment. There's, there's a solemnity about it. And sometimes the devil will tempt a person trying to share Christ. No, don't say that. You might offend them. Oh, it's, too, it's too serious and all that. But we're talking about offering people the gift of eternal life here. And you know the enemy is going to get in, try to frighten us back from that. But I found if I'll just push through any doubts and just calmly, and again, I'm giving them the opportunity to jump off of this conversation at any point, give them the opportunity, they'll humbly say yes. And we'll get on our knees and it'll be a touching moment when people give their lives to Jesus. Absolutely. You know, looking at, at Mark's gospel, there's a, a very touching picture there of a, a Roman centurion who stands before the cross of Jesus as Jesus is being crucified. Mm. And he makes that extraordinary confession. Surely this man mm -hmm. is the son of God. Mm -hmm. And we, we see this centurion accepting Christ. I'm sure in your ministry, you've, you've seen people accept Christ as, as you've gently led them through this conversation. And I'm sure it's had a profound effect upon you as well. Oh, absolutely. It's such a simple thing, but it's so powerful. Uh, I, I remember one, one couple, James and Ella, that uh, we were studying the Bible together. And there was something in particular that we studied that really offended Ella. And uh, she went home and studied it all out on her own. And we got back together and, and I said, Ella, share with me, you know, what offended you. So she shared with me and I listened to that. She had marked, she had told me she wanted to be baptized. Mm -hmm. Jean James, I said, you, you, you want to be baptized, don't you? Give your life to Christ. She said, yes. I said, well, let's look at this. And so I started going through some of the Bible teachings. And one thing I asked her was, have you surrendered your life 100% to Jesus to follow him? That's the big question. That's the big it? question. It's yeah. kind of similar to this. Do you have yeah. the assurance of eternal life? She thought she had the assurance because she was a Christian. But when I asked her the surrender question, and that was that illustration, those two thrones, she said no. And then I said, I appreciate you being honest, really did, and said, would you like to do that? We knelt and prayed. She gave her life to Christ. She got up. We were all crying because the Holy Spirit was there. She got up. She said, you know that thing I was having problems with, that doctrine we were just studying? I have no problem with that whatsoever now because it was a surrender issue. And when we talked about Jesus, not that doctrine, she surrendered and, and, and they, she and James were baptized. They walked in the Lord. They tragically were murdered a few years later. Oh. But uh, just to know that we were there and I felt the Holy Spirit there and we were all weeping, crying. She gave her life to Jesus. I know that lady had the assurance of eternal salvation. I'll see her again. And God knew what was in her future, and God gave her that opportunity to make that full surrender. It's precious to know that we'll meet in heaven. Tragic, of course, that they, they lost their lives in such unfortunate circumstances, mm -hmm. but wonderful that you were able to minister to them and gently lead them through that whole experience Absolutely. of receiving Jesus. Yes. Gary, I just want to profoundly thank you. Thank you for sharing this. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is vitally important and one of the most important topics that we'll present on Ministry in Motion. Thank you for leading us through well, Thank this. you for having me. And I hope that this helps someone who may not have accepted Christ yet, Anthony. It's a simple prayer way to give their life to Jesus. Exactly. Thanks, Gary. And we'd like to thank you for joining us today on Ministry in Motion. If you'd like to catch up with any other programs that we've screened on Ministry in Motion, you can visit our website, www.ministryinmotion.tv, and there you'll find every program that we've ever screened on Hope Channel. But until next time, 
May God bless you and your ministry. Bye for now.